Everywhere I go on this road, high and low, where I go, I go with you. Hi everyone, Josh here. This is the NOYC Godcast, a production of the Northern Ohio Youth Camp. Through various means, including a week of summer camp, youth conferences, sporting events, Christian content, and now a new podcast, the NOYC strives to give Christians a reason to continue on in Christ. We hope you enjoy a very special edition of the NOYC Godcast as we air a segment from our video devotion series, Life's Highway, which premiered back at the NOYC in 2017. For more information regarding the ministry, as well as additional Christian content, please visit our website at www.thenoyc.com. Did you know there are actual rules for pulling shotgun when riding in a car? Like, legit, standardized, defined rules. For instance, Section 3, Line A gives notion to the 3-minute rule. Once you call shotgun, you have three minutes to depart, or at least be sitting in the car. If the vehicle has not left, anyone is allowed to call shotgun again following the three minutes. Or this rule found in Section 3, Line I. When crossing the border into another country, all shotgun claims are void, and the passengers may once again call shotgun. If another passenger gets it, the driver must pull over at his earliest and safest convenience for the riders to trade seats. Apparently, some people take riding the passenger seat pretty seriously. The funny thing is, though, that as enjoyable as it is to ride shotgun on a road trip, really, all of the decisions and actions happens in the driver's seat. The driver gets to decide how fast you go, which route you'll be taking, and according to Section 12, Line G of the Shotgun Guidelines, the driver also gets to determine what radio station is on. For most of us, if we're not going to be the driver, we prefer someone who's going to take the job seriously to be behind the wheel. We're not okay with just giving the driver's seat over to just anybody. For example, you probably aren't going to be too thrilled to get in a car with your sister driving. She can't pay attention for more than 23 seconds. She'll be texting, checking her makeup, checking out the guy in the car next to you, singing to the top of her lungs, all while sending Snapchats. You get the picture. And then there's Dad. He isn't a bad driver, but on long trips, he tends to get very sleepy. And the trip will be a series of quick jerks to the left after he hits the rumble strip on the side of the road. Now, Grandpa would be a consideration for a driver, but he only goes two under the speed limit, and he likes to use that brake pedal a little bit much. Definite whiplash. So it's pretty important, if you're not going to drive, to find someone who's deserving of the mighty driver's seat for a road trip. Really, the same can be said for our lives. Hear me out. The fact is, someone has to be driving. Someone's got to be making the decisions and giving directions to your life. A lot of times, we might give the driver's seat to our parents, trying to live out the, and fulfill their expectations for our lives. Going to the school of their choice, pursuing the careers they insist on, trying for the sports they used to play. Whatever path they lead us down in this life, we'll take because they're our driver. Maybe you've thrown the keys to your friends so they can drive. They begin to decide your interests, who else to be friends with or not be friends with. They may even decide on the habits you pick up along the way. Now, you love your friends and you want them to like you, 
So you let them lead you down a given path in life, pointing you to the direction they choose. It could even be a boyfriend or girlfriend. Trying to please them leads you down a road you never thought you would end up on. Because of your significant other, you're now changing your hair, how you dress, what you do in your free time, maybe even pushing the boundaries and limits. They have hopped in the driver's seat and they're taking you right in the direction they want you to go in in life. And then there's you. The thing about life is, you don't need a driver's license to drive. In fact, you don't even need a permit or have to take a test. Every one of us has the ability to hop in that driver's seat and choose the road we will head down in life. Maybe setting our sights on goals, dreams, careers, or even families. And then we put the pedal to the metal and head down the highway in those directions. The thing is, however, that just like parents, friends, and even your broken or girlfriend, not even you know the purpose that you were created for or the most beneficial path to take. There's actually a perfect example that we find in the book of Genesis about a guy who decided to write shotgun to a few people. In chapter 37 of Genesis, we learn about a guy named Joseph. We'll call him Joe for short. Joe was from a big family, 11 brothers to be exact. But come to find out, Joe was his father's favorite child, and the other 11 could tell. Joe's dad often gave him special gifts and treatment. Joe's dad no doubt wanted to drive Joseph's life. By giving him special gifts and treatments, he thought maybe he could persuade him to follow his father's footsteps. <clears throat> Wouldn't you know that before long, Joseph starts pursuing the things that his father liked. He wanted to make his father proud. Before too long, as you would expect, the other 11 brothers began to get jealous of Joseph. Why was he getting this special treatment? And why didn't dad care so much about Joseph anyways? And so the 11 brothers prepared a plan. Joe's brothers wanted to drive or pick the path that Joseph would head down. To be honest, however, the road they wanted him to go down wasn't a very good one. In fact, it was an awful road. But by taking matters into their own hands and figuratively yanking the keys from dear old dads to Joseph's life, they set their plot into motion. So they kidnapped their brother, shoved him into the bottom of a pit with no food or water. They sat down to eat and along comes a group of men past the pit. And they motion the men to come down and Joseph's 11 brothers literally sell their own brother into slavery to those strangers. The road that Joe's brothers chose for him was slavery, a life of working as a servant with no rights, no control, and no freedom. This road would lead to hardships, trials, and pain, but because Joe's brothers had been given the keys to his life, Joe was a passenger down a bumpy road. The fact is, each of us are a whole lot like Joe. We're born into life with a Heavenly Father who loves us very much and who favors us greatly. But then, before you know it, we're in a pit called sin. This pit is dark, lonely, and we can't survive in it. Soon we become a slave to our sin, serving our own desires. We think we know what's best in our life, what's best for us, and we become captive to sin. Slaves to selfishness, slaves to self-worship. In essence, we decide what's best for our life, and we take the keys, and we choose the road we will head down in life. Disregarding the road we are literally created to go down in life. That may sound a bit like hippie lingo, but the fact is that if you're breathing, you were created for a reason and with a purpose and with a specific destination in life. Chances are, however, that 
If I were to ask everyone in this room right now what exactly that purpose was that God made you for in life, very few would be able to answer with absolute certainty. That's because we didn't create us. We can't see or comprehend the future, and it's impossible for us to know which roads to take in life. So now you're stuck with no driver. No one seems to know the roads and directions you should be taking for your life. If you've given the keys to someone else, hoping for the best, you will certainly take the wrong route. If you try to figure it out on your own, you'll definitely end up at the wrong destination and maybe even ruin your entire trip. But then you pass the billboard on the side of the road. In big letters are the words to Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee. And Jeremiah 29.11, I know the purpose I have for you. The thing is that the God who created us, formed us, and breathed life into us, did it with a specific purpose in life. While you were still even in your mother's womb, he had a plan and meaning picked out just for you. And ever since your birth, he's desired for you to take the road that he has laid out for you, hoping that you will fulfill that purpose he created for you. However, he will not force you to do so. If you want to figure it out on your own, trying to maneuver around the roads of life, fighting your way, he will let you drive. He will take the back seat and let you figure it out on your own but not without a price. So you tell him you want to drive, no problem. So he hands you a blindfold and ties it over your eyes so that you can't see. And he puts the keys in the ignition and tells you to go ahead and drive. The Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful and wicked above everything else. What that means is, is even though we think we know where we're going on in the road, we think we have the highway figured out ourselves, but really, we're driving with the blindfold not able to clearly see where we're going, where we want to go, or where we should be. Our heart is deceiving us every step of the way, taking left turns when we should be going right, and taking shortcuts that get us lost, and getting us stuck in traffic jams that could have been avoided. All because we wanted to drive and trust our deceitful heart. So you've tried driving on your own. You've come to the conclusion you don't know where you're going, and with this blindfold on called our deceitful heart, you concluded you really don't know what's best in your own life. Now you've come to the place where you want to know the true meaning of why you were created and the purpose He has for you. You want to know which road you should be taking and where in the world you're supposed to go in life. There's only one thing left to do. Throw Him the keys. Make Him your designated driver. Jesus says, pull over with a gentle smile on His face. As you hand Him the keys, puts the car in a drive and says, hop on in. As you shut the door to the passenger side of the car, you hand Jesus a pair of aviators and hit the road. So how do we throw him the keys in our lives? Ephesians 2 tells us that by grace we are saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. If you want him to drive, he will gladly do it. You just have to give him the keys in faith, believing he knows what is best for your life, and that of yourself, you do not. And the gift is that God will turn the car around and take you from the confused and lost state that you were in on the highway, and He will point you in a heavenly direction. When we accept that we are a sinner, believe that Jesus died for our sins and will forgive us if we ask, and confess that He is the Lord of our life, He will save you and set your eternal destination to heaven. 
Now on the highway, you are traveling mile after mile toward an eternal life with Jesus. Every road that He leads on is an eternal purpose that things that happen in your life now have a meaning and direction. He is taking you for a reason. When we become saved from our sins, our desires change. Our purpose changes. Before we were on the road to fulfill our desires, going where we wanted, doing the things we desired. But after we give the keys to Jesus, after we ask Him to take our lives, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that old things are passed away and are now become new. Literally, we make a U-turn on the highway. The road we were on before and trying to figure out led to the destination called eternal hell. It led to the consequences of us choosing to drive ourselves. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. And so because we wanted to drive, we wanted to do things our own sinful way, that's fine. But we have to pay the toll of doing so. And that is eternal death in hell. However, after we make this glorious U-turn, we turn the car around and go the complete opposite direction. And now we're headed towards a heavenly destination. The same verse that tells us that the wages of sin is death also goes on to say that the gift of God is eternal life. Once we become saved, we turn our car around and we are directed towards eternal life in heaven. All because we gave Jesus the keys and decided to ride shotgun. So now you're going down the highway. Jesus is driving. You're in the passenger seat. The sun's shining. You've got the radio on. The wind's blowing in your hair. Jesus turns off the main highway onto a side road. Thinking that this is a bit peculiar, you ask Jesus, where are we going? To which he replies, this is the way to your destination. Now you've tried driving and it didn't work out. Now he's driving and he knows exactly where you're going and how to get there. So instead of worrying about where he's taking you, you lean back and relax, knowing this is the route you're supposed to be on in order to get to your destination. When he's driving and we're riding shotgun, he becomes our destination determiner. This means he's the driver and you're not. He now directs the vehicle of your life on the path that he sees fit. At times, the places he takes you in life may not make sense. It may be strange or painful or even confusing. But because he's the driver, you trust that he knows where he is taking you. You trust him with your destination. For some of us, he may determine a destination of a tribal village in Africa to share the gospel with primitive people there. For others, he may determine to lead us to a church or serve and worship the rest of our lives. He may give the destination to, of raising a godly family to others. Whatever destination he determines to take you on, we can be confident in the fact that this is the path, this is the road that takes us to give us to heaven. We can be sure that he can be trusted in the place he is leading us to. Now, we've all been in the car with a backseat driver. Someone who feels they can do a better job than the actual driver who tries to manage to do so without actually having the steering wheel. For those of you who have mastered this talent of backseat driving, the rest of us do not thank you. But unfortunately, many of us tend to be a disruptive backseat driver when Jesus is at the wheel. We've given him the keys to drive our life in the direction he sees fit, but as we go down the road, we're sitting over here trying to make suggestions, telling Jesus which way we should be going, maybe even attempting to grab the steering wheel here and there. 
Now, if you've ever ridden with a backseat driver in the car, you know just how disruptive and distracting it can be. Jesus, in a calm voice, will eventually look over at us and ask, I thought you wanted me to drive. When we try to backseat drive, when we try to control where our life leads, instead of trusting that He knows where He's taking us, it becomes a distraction to our destination. In life, sometimes we will grab the wheel from the passenger side and make a decision that will lead us down a path we weren't meant to go on. It might be a consequence from a sin that we decided to commit. Maybe it's making a decision that is according to our desires and wills instead of His. Whatever the case, because we took back the wheel, it delays and distracts from where we're meant to be. If we would have continued to allow Him to drive, we would have been that much closer to our destination. But instead, the destination is more distant. If we're honest, we know that there's only room for one driver. We're either going to trust Him where He takes us and be submissive to His will for our lives, or we're going to be a distracted backseat driver who makes our destination more distant. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus gives a call to anyone willing to answer. He says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Many people think that once they let Jesus drive, once they become saved, life will be a smooth ride. That's actually a straight out lie. The Bible never tells us life will go smoothly, even when Jesus is driving. The fact, the opposite may even be true. Jesus says that we should take up our cross and follow him. We know that Jesus himself bore the cross for our sins, enduring awful torture and death. But Jesus tells us to take up our own cross and follow him. Many of us have been fooled in believing that because we've become a Christian, we won't have to go through hard things. And so when difficult things come our way, we begin to think maybe we aren't saved and that Jesus has left us. What we have to remember is that Jesus told us ahead of time, before we decided to follow him and give him the keys, that these trials and difficulties and hard times would take place if we decide to follow him. So if he doesn't make the road of our life smoother, and in fact, our road may be rockier at times, because we're a follower of Jesus, then why would we choose to follow him? Well, he is the only way to that heavenly destination that we talked about earlier. But also, having Jesus along for the road trip in our life makes it all worth it. When we face rough roads that lie ahead of us, He is right beside us, leading us every step of the way. Following Him, however, is about doing life His way. Jesus said that whoever wants to be His follower first should deny Himself. This means laying aside the way we want to do things, our will, our desires, and it means refraining from allowing sin in our life. Once He is sitting in our driver's seat, we let Him drive. We give up the way we want to drive. We forfeit the way we want to go. This is what he means by denying ourselves and following him. The person in the driver's seat is the leader and the passenger is the follower. That's how driving works. And that's how being a Christian works. So the question today is, who's gonna ride shotgun? We can try driving ourselves, but be aware that when we drive, our deceitful heart will get us lost and lead us down a road we're not meant to be on. We can throw the keys to our friends or family to decide where life is gonna take us, but ultimately, this will lead in the wrong direction. Or we can give the keys to Jesus and let him drive. If we decide to follow Jesus, he will determine our destination and turn our life around. 
and point us towards heaven. He will take us down the roads we are meant to travel and lead us to the places and purposes we were meant to find in life. There's an old poem by George MacDonald that goes, I said, let me walk in the field. God said, nay, walk in the town. I said, there are no flowers there. He said, no flowers but a crown. I said, but the sky is black and there's nothing but noise and dim. But he wept as he sent me back. There is more, he said, there is sin. I said, but the air is thick and fogs are veiling to the sun. He answered, yet souls are sick and souls in the dark undone. I said, I shall miss the light and friends will miss me, they say. He answered me, choose tonight if I am to miss you or you are to miss they. I pleaded for time to be given. He said, is it hard to decide? For it will not seem hard in heaven to have followed the steps of your guide. I cast one look at the field, then set my face to the town. He said, my child, do you yield? Will you leave the flowers for the crown? Then into his hand went mine, and into my heart came he. And I walked in the light divine, the path I had feared to see. Jesus directs my path each and every day, trusting where he leads me along this narrow way. I've given him control, no matter come what may. I know he will not leave me, no never lead astray. Again, we encourage you to head over to our website or the description of this video. We do have a link there with some memorable moments from the NOIC. Also encourage you to share today's podcast so that others can be encouraged and invigorated as well. And so thanks so much for joining us today. Until next time, continue on in Christ.